I looked at this word and I said, hey, buddy, what is this word? And he goes, oh, that's adventurability. I said, what's adventurability? You know, my ability to run, jump, and climb and just be a kid. I went, I don't think that's a word, buddy. And he goes, well, it's my word. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he actually owns that word now. Really? So he trademarked that word. He owns a word, which is pretty wild. <laughs> and so his mom got up that day and I went to her and I said, honey, crazy thing happened while you were sleeping. We're making flip-flop Crocs. <laughs> Carter designed a shoe and she went, excuse me? She used, some, she used some more colorful language because it was so far out of the field. And I said, honey, you have to read this and talk to Carter. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money i've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early i've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy entrepreneurship and a successful mindset Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have Ryan Walla here with me today. He is a winemaker, entrepreneur, and most importantly, and this is in his own words, a father of two. Uh, he's got some amazing kids we're going to kind of dive into who have, uh, he's been able to help down the entrepreneurial path and, uh, and kind of dive in on his own story as well. And so um, I want to welcome you to the show, uh, Mr. Wall. Thank you, Cody. Really, really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this. Well, I know a secret fact too, that it is your birthday today. So I want to tell you happy birthday on the podcast. And so everyone else for the rest of time who's listening to this can also tell you happy birthday, whether what day it is, time of the year, whatever it is. So um, I want- so I was happy to happy to know that we're both Libras as well. That's it. We got, we got our uh, balanced out kind of crazy personalities, right? <laughs> Constant arguing up there. And so- um, I, I know that you describe yourself as a winemaker, right? And so was that what you wanted to be when you were a kid and people said, hey, uh, Ryan, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, Psh, winemaker, right? Is that how that worked or did it, uh, did it, did it how did you get to this? No, um, I was, I wanted to be a surgeon. I wanted to be a doctor for forever. Um, I love science. I love biology and chemistry and um, I like the way things worked and, um, and then I wanted to be an environmental lawyer and I wanted to do, go to the Peace Corps and I wanted to, you know, I ran the gamut of things and when I was a teenager and, you know, just looking at, you know, life and how you fit into it and what's going on. And I got a scholarship to Santa Clara University. I, I grew up in Oregon. And so I, I went to Santa Clara and um, I have a major in 
biology and chemistry. And my first year there, um, a friend's father gave me a bottle of wine from the year I was born. And it was this really powerful moment of somebody sharing something. I was, I was 18 at the time. And so I wasn't legally allowed to drink <laughs> this, but uh, we were at, at his house. And um, I think it sort of came down. He didn't know how to communicate with me because I was a teenager. Um, and he only had a daughter. And so we drank this bottle of wine together and it changed the course of my life. And I sort of looked at how they lived their life and they kind of lived it around wine and food and communication as a family unit. Mm. And um, as amazing as my parents are, um, and they called me this morning and my father sings the most wild version of happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> How old is he? You could ever hear it. He's 77. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty, pretty spectacular. Um, my kids are in trouble if I ever get to 77. I'm warning you right now. I'm, I'm, I'm warning them all right now. Like they're, <laughs> they're going to be in trouble because I'm, I'm going, I'm going full crazy old man to see, so you know, <laughs> Good. well, they, they, they need that. Yeah. You know? I mean, they need a little, kids need a little, little crazy in their life, a little unstructured, unfettered, uh, you know, craziness, no, nothing wrong with that. Um, and my, my family didn't really, um, sit around and communicate about their feelings and share about things. It was, um, you know, I had two older brothers and an older sister. It was like, how much, how quickly can you eat? And, you know, it was all kind of centered around, you know, the food and not communicating, um, lots, lots of love and, you know, respect for everybody, but kind of that, um, not the deep, connection and, uh, and communication. So I kind of, I saw that in this family and they, I, I guess looking back on it, I sort of viewed it through the lens of the wine, you know, mm. like the wine was making this happen. Um, and then I went to explore wine and man, that just blew my mind. Um, it is, the most incredible thing. It's like magic. You know, you get to take this incredible product grown on these vines that are just so spectacular to work with. And it's just this raw material and you put it through this process that almost happens by itself without your involvement. And at the end, you have something that's so beautiful and refined and is like this piece of art that people pay for. And you're like, you can actually create a life around taking this product and turning it into, into wine. And um, anyway, I just ran with it and fell in love with it and ended up getting a job up in, in Napa. And then I went to Australia for a year and, um, and then I just, I don't know. I had this overwhelming feeling that I could totally do this. Like I can, I can make wine and I could sell wine. So I started, um, I was renting this little house in, in Napa 
And I went to my landlord and I said, hey, this was pre, this was in 2000, pre 9-11. This is our 20th anniversary this year of Law Family Wines, which is kind of crazy. Um, and I went to my landlord and said, could I put a winery in the garage? And he said, yeah, I don't see why not. So we wrote it into the lease. And so I took that application and I turned it into the government. At the time it was the ATF. And I said, I'd like to have this winery in my garage. And they said, oh, okay, you got to do X, Y, and Z. And I had an agent come up from San Francisco and did an inspection and I had this license. And so I started making wine in the garage and I started selling it. And over the last 20 years, I just acquired more vineyards through leases or partnerships or whatnot. And I've just sort of made another 50 cases, made another 100 cases. I didn't make this big, huge leap. Like it's taken us 20 years to get to 4,000 cases. And, um, you know, that's where, where we are now, you know, sort of slow and steady. My, I met my wife along the way, love of my life. Uh, her name's Crystal. And we have these two amazing kids and we're um, both of us sort of grew up in those families sort of kind of the same way of, you know, lots of love and respect in there, but not the, the deep connections. And we're, we're worried about the lack of connections with technology now with the kids, which is, you know, I really appreciate this conversation and we're going to really dive into it, but it's, it's really crazy how we sort of think that technology has sort of brought us together in social, in social ways, but in a lot of ways, it's kept us further apart. And, you know, we really need to get back to, you know, connection. And so we find that around food and the dinner table, the breakfast table, you know, and so our, our life with our families surrounds those moments. And then really digging down with the boys into how are you feeling? What's going on in your life? And, you know, sometimes keep, most of the time, keeping it pretty light. Um, but then really digging down if you need to. And, uh, oh, did you, you know, watching their behaviors, you know, with your, uh, your six-year-old. If they start changing any sort of behavior, oh, did you get a, with our teenager, I saw you texting today and your, your behavior changed a little bit. Like, so what's going on, you know? And so that's kind of how our, our world is set up. And that, that's amazing because, you know, that's really the, I guess the backbone to what Money Talkers is, right? Is that I started off in the journey of wanting to teach kids about personal finance and entrepreneurship and things. And then along the way, I kind of figured out, well, you know what, what really, where the connection is, because the information's out there and it really hasn't changed in the last 2000 years, right? And mm -hmm. so um, what the connection though, is that through the relationship building with parents, that there is a, is a, is a, um, a multiplying effect of being able to talk to them about money. So like you kind of just said, like, it's not necessarily like you have to have these big hallmark moments where it's like, you know, how are you feeling today? We have to deep dive every single day into the, you know, the core of your being and all that stuff. But like the fact that you even say, Hey, how are you doing today, man? I saw your behavior change. Everything. Okay. Like, are you, are you and in paying attention? Those little tiny conversations are building a relationship to have big conversations later because they don't feel 
that, you know, that they feel that there's a, that connection. It's okay to talk to you about things. Right. And yeah. I think that that's really, to me, what I've kind of discovered along my journey of money talkers is that the relationship that you're building between yourself and your kids is actually where the magic is, right? It's not necessarily being a finance guru and teaching them advanced financial techniques or anything like that, but just teaching them the basics is an amazing thing. But I mean, just that it's the relationship building that I think is really where the, I didn't expect that as much. Yeah, I think you're, you're definitely onto something. It's a, that has changed. And, and to be honest, my, my wife is a, is a driver in this and has changed my life and um, is a, she came from the HR world in, uh, in corporate America. She worked at Neiman Marcus and ran, you know, 500 people's careers. And, you know, she's an, an amazing human. Um, and she's really good at bringing things sort of back to center when you're having a conversation, really, really good. And, and a lot of times, you know, men in, in general and, and boys, she's starting to see, oh my gosh, now I understand a little bit about my husband because I'm noticing what's going on with my kids. So that's been really good for, for, for us because she's, uh, she's, so, she's so incredible. Um, but those, it's still hard for us to, yeah, how do you have those conversations about money? And Crystal and I, we talked about it. This was several years ago now, I think our 14 year old was maybe 11. So, you know, Carter was eight. We we're like, how do we, how do we broach this where it's not, because they don't even understand what cash is. Like there is no, everything is basically credit, right? Or it doesn't have a tangible feeling. They never see mommy and daddy with, you know, coins or change. I was like, we kind of have to fix that. Like we need to have cash around. Like we got to figure out a way to do that. But then it's like, how do you do it? So we started really small. We're like, let's just, Crystal goes to the store every day. She's the, she's the shopper and the, and the cook in the family. Cause she's really quick. She knows what she's doing and she gets stuff done. Um, but, and then we cook all all fresh ingredients and products, right? So she's at the store every day and she comes home and then we show the receipts to the boys. Like here's, here's what mommy bought today. And they're like, $65, you know, $115, what did you buy? You know, and she's like, I didn't, I bought some kale and I bought your toilet paper and I bought your toothpaste and I bought your, you know, it's nothing, major, it's all the, you know, normal supplies of living and whatnot. And that, that started to sink in to them every day and week and month. And so that really helped us, you know, start to broach the subject of money on a daily basis. Yeah, I think that's an amazing concept, especially if you can tie it back to time too. I think that would be like, you know, $150 and you make $10 an hour, you got to work 15 hours for this stuff. You might want (laughs) to... You know, yes. And yeah, I, no, I actually around that, I had I had interview one guy and he said um, he pays his son five dollars an hour to do stuff and his son wanted fifteen. Uh, his son wanted ten dollars and didn't have it for some like party thing or something. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was like, "Can I have it now?" And I'll work later. And so he gave him the ten bucks. And when his son came back, he said, "Okay, you ready to pay up?" He said, "Okay, well, what do you want me to do for the next two hours?" He goes, "No, no, no, three hours. You bought that on credit." 
<laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> so yeah. I thought that was a brilliant way to kind of to tie that back in. And so he said his son was like, I never want to buy anything on credit again. I'm like, yeah, you work time and a half, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, what are you, what, what are you doing at, uh, I mean, are you, he's six years old? I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old daughter. I have a six-year-old son and eight-year-old daughter. And so, um, I, we do, um, we do budgeting with them and I do the three jar kind of technique, right. Yeah. Before they get cash and they, I wanted them to see it. Um, but I'll tell you something like just even uh, the ability to approach the subject of like what things cost or showing receipts. And it's those little things like that, that I don't think a lot of people think that those little steps are going to have big impacts. They have massive impacts because that's what their brains wrap around. Like they're just day to day to us. Um, but I'll tell you a quick story that I got, I got out of actually from an interview with someone and, um, in, in the podcast and I got my son a few months ago stops me in my tracks. And he says, I'm literally like walking back and forth from the grill. I'm cooking stuff. And he goes, he looks me right in the face and he goes, dad, how much money do you have? And I mean, you want to, uh, anxiety was like, whoa, like I can't, you know, uh, my first reaction is like, don't, don't tell him any, like, just don't worry about that. Right. Like, don't, I don't know. Like I, you know, and I'm like, and then I'm like, well, no, no, no. I'm the money talker guy. Like I have to tell him everything. Right. I have to be completely honest with him. Right. And then somewhere in the back of my head from one of these interviews, I talked with someone, they said, just ask him why he wants to know. And I said, sure, buddy. I was like, uh, I was like, but why do you want to know, man? He looked me in the, dead in the eyes and he goes, dad, you know, I have a hundred dollar bill. And he goes, and I want to know if you have a hundred dollars, because if you don't, I want to give you my $100 bill. It's like his prized possession. He got, he has a, he has a $100 bill that he got a while back. And man, I literally wanted to melt on the stairs right there. Cause I was like, that is the sweetest thing I've ever had anyone say to me in my entire life. He wanted to give me his prize. He wanted to make sure that if I didn't have a hundred dollars, he was going to give me his prized possession. And I would have missed that if I had done all the anxiety things that we build up in our heads about talking to them about things. Mm-hmm. And it was just, and that really stuck with me that there's these little moments like that, right? Like these little conversations you can have that are just humongous impacts in their life. And so I hope that that conveys to people that listen to this podcast that it just, you, you just, start right like you said like where do we broach the subject anywhere just starting to starting right yeah well it's uh you know even deeper to that story because you you know this uh, parenting is monkey see monkey do Mm -hmm. a, a lot of times it is not the things you say yeah it's the behaviors and the actions so just the fact that he has the, and we try to teach this to our kids, but a lot of times they just have to feel it. Empathy, yeah. you know, or, or, you know, your ability to feel what somebody else is going through or the needs of somebody else, or, you know, that is, he's obviously getting that from seeing the relationship that's going on around him. My favorite saying about that is more is caught than taught. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, uh, it's, really um, and, and I, when I, as I talk to adults and, and cause I, I, you know, being money talkers kind of probably seems obvious, but I do talk to people about money. Like they come talk to it's just, it's because it's, it's always taboo between each other too. And it's always kind of a relief when I'm like, you know, I have no judgmental. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, 
And so I, I talked to them and say, okay, well, you know, why, why do you see it that way? Like where, and a lot of times as I talk to high achievers, I get to kind of have these intimate conversations where I get kind of deep dive that you don't have in general conversations with people around you, right? And so when I talk to a lot of people, like when you shifted your mindset and, um, you know, you went as, uh, you, you had this kind of aha moments in your life, like what happened? They're like, I just looked at the world different right? Like there was a book that taught them that, or there was a moment in their life and they started to look at things differently. And so as we talk about that, you can talk about like, well, what was your money story before that? Right. And so when you say things for your kids, like that's expensive or you can't afford that, or, you know, and instead of saying like, how do I afford that? Or, you know, that costs a lot of money. Are you willing to work hard enough to get that? Like these little kind of shifts have big outcomes in their, in, in their little brains, you know? I, 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 I never start with a negative and it drives me crazy. If my kids do that, I correct them immediately. I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> I, I consider putting a swear jar in. and I can't, but and I can't jar. <laughs> re, re, reframe that and come back to me with something else. Is that, that's, that, that is unacceptable in this household. And they get, you get the eye roll yeah. every now, you know, you get the, uh, you know, kind of thing, but it is, it's, I believe it's our job, man, to, because if there's such, it, what it does is in my mind, I may be annoying them at the time I'm doing it, but I know that what I say to them reverberates through them because I've heard them say things to their friend. Like I had my son say to his friend, he was, the kid was crying and he walked up to me and he said, you don't fail, man. You just learn, you know? And I was like, oh, you know, and I know it, it just, you see these little moments and it's just, a, it's an amazing thing. And so I love to ask people, like, I know that, um, well, tell me the story of what you've done with Carter, right? Because I know that there's this big moment and, and kind of store backstory on what you've done with him and how you've, uh, kind of mentored him in the entrepreneurial world. And so can you kind of give me the, give me the, uh, the, oh, yeah. the, the background on that and the story on that? Yeah, this was, a. Uh... I think I've learned just as much in this whole journey with uh, Crits than you know as, as Crit has, or Carter is his name. His nickname is is Crit, and um, so he was eight years old back in 2017. He's um, 11 now, and Crystal and I had saved up and we were like, let's take him on a really cool vacation there. You know, he's eight, his older brother's 11. Like we're getting into that time where, you know, we can do some really cool stuff and, and travel. And, and, you're, still, and you're still cool. And we're still cool. <laughs> right. And, and here, and here we are three years late, almost that's, four years later and we're still cool. See, that's right? still my fear. I'm, I'm, I'm so not going to look forward to uncool. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it. But. You, got, you, you got a ways to go. It's really, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome because he's 14 and he still loves being around us, you know, the, the older one. So it's, it's good. Um, so we took him to the Caribbean and we like to, you know, save up and travel and really get them exposure to the, to the world and let them know this is what's out there. And, um, you know, not everybody lives the way that, that you do and people live this way and people look this way and people, behave this way and know everybody we want them to be able to look people in the eye and have a conversation with anybody and 
you know, I, I think you get a lot of that just through, through travel, right. And experiencing people in other cultures and whatnot. So we're on, we're on this trip and it's like day two and well, maybe the, the third morning and I'm sitting out on bal on this balcony and I'm reading a book. Morning's usually my time. I'm a, I wake up early and my family's usually sleepers. And so it's my, my time in the morning to read, meditate, exercise, you know, kind of my, my time. And so I'm out there reading this book and the little man gets up. Carter wakes up and he comes out and he has this little doggy that he still carries around. His name's Honey. My mom gave it to him. And he comes up and he sits in my lap. And he's always been this since he could speak. Well, he never stops talking. Um, and just random stuff comes out all the time. And that's so funny. My son is like, it, there's times where he just like, I just can't stop talking. Like he's, he's the same kid. Like it's just, he just, let it go. just I didn't, and we go on hour long walks and I'll put my earbuds, AirPods in and I don't even, I don't even hear it. It's just, <laughs> I can't, the, the stuff that comes out of his mouth every now and then there's a gold nugget that I just want to fall on the floor laughing. Like, but <laughs> sometimes it, it can wear you out. <laughs> so he's sort of dismissing what he says, um, but it should probably be, you know, paying attention a little bit more. And this was one of those moments. And so I feel very fortunate that I don't know if I was in the headspace or whatever, but he's sitting on my lap and he's, he's just staring off. And he says to me, daddy, I don't like my flip-flops. And I went, I just remember thinking so random. Okay. And I decided, well, I'm just gonna, I'm going to engage this. I said, what's, what's wrong with your flip-flops, buddy? Well, you know, you know, I was running around yesterday in them and I would, I tried to climb that tree and I stubbed my toe and then the toe bar thing came apart. And I said, well, you're not supposed to be running in your flip-flops. Your mom yells at you all the time. It's like, oh, I know. I said, well, you can just wear your Crocs. You bought a, you brought a pair of Crocs. He goes, they make my feet sweat and I get lots of blisters when I run around in them. And I, I said, okay, well, I'm, you know, we're in the Caribbean. I'm sure Jimmy Buffett's around here, not wearing shoes. So you could just go barefoot, no problem. And then I thought the conversation was over. And he says to me, well, what if I made a flip crit? And I said, what's a flip crit? Well, if I take the flip flop and what I like about it, and I take the croc and what I like about it, my nickname is Crit. I could make a flip crit. And it was just, I didn't know how genius it was at the, at the time. It was, I just liked where his brain was. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, absolutely. You're, take, you're taking two things that you know and that are, are bothering you. And you're taking the aspects that you like the most of each one and you're creating something to solve a problem, right? And I was like, that is entrepreneurship. I went, he's eight. <laughs> so I told, he goes, can I do that? And I said, buddy, you can do anything, but here's the deal. You got to write down a business plan. And he's like, what's a business plan, daddy? Uh, I said, you're, well, you're speaking to me right now. I'm loving this. <laughs> I, I, I said, well, do me a favor. And I, I reached into my briefcase and I had a, um, 
I had a notepad from a resort in Napa, the Meritage Hotel. And I gave it to him and I said, do me a favor, draw me a picture of your shoe and then write down your company name. Do you have any taglines? Do you have any, you know, any, any words, anything that describes your business? And then I want you to get into what your customers are going to feel about your business and what your passion is and what we call a mission. Like what is, what's the purpose of your brand? And he's like, okay. And so he goes off inside and about 30 minutes later, he comes back and he has three pieces of paper, which we have now laminated and he carries around with him. And when he does meetings or whatnot, and this is just so brilliant. So I'm, I'm reading this thing and the picture is unbelievable. It looks exactly like his shoe now. And it's how he's gotten all of his, his patents and his trademarks and his copyrights and all of his IP is all based on this moment that he wrote this stuff down. And, and it wasn't until I got to the third page and I, I just, my heart like just melted because it was so um, emotionally intelligent, which is, but he's not, you, you know what I mean? Cause he's eight. He's, he doesn't, he doesn't understand what that means, but it, it came right out of him. And what was on the paper was, I want my customers, when they look down at their shoes, to feel happy, safe, and secure. Oh, that's awesome. And I, that's his mission. And when people talk to him about his brand, what's your brand about? I want people to feel happy and safe and secure. And because that's in his mind, that's what he did. And it's for his feet, but it makes him super happy. And I don't know, it was just so, it was so brilliant. And then he came up with a word. So I, I looked at this word and I said, Hey buddy, what is this word? And he goes, Oh, that's adventurability. I said, what's adventurability? You know, my ability to run, jump and climb and just be a kid. I went, I don't think that's a word, buddy. And he goes, well, it's my word. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he actually owns that word now. Really? So he trademarked that word. He owns a word, which is pretty wild. <laughs> and so his mom got up that day and I went to her and I said, honey, crazy thing happened while you were sleeping. We're making flip-flop Crocs. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> Carter designed a shoe and she went, excuse me? She used, some, she used some more colorful language because it was so far out of the field. And I said, honey, you have to read this and talk to Carter. And so she did, and she was blown away. So I took these things and Carter said, well, what do we do now? And I said, well, buddy, here's the thing. This is the most, one of the most important things about entrepreneurship. And if we go down this journey, this is your big bang moment. You remember us talking about the big bang and he's like, oh yeah, started the universe and yada, yada, yada. I said, yeah, this is the moment that if you're ever in a dispute about anything that has to do with your ideas, it will all come back to this moment. And you need to be able to clearly define the date and the time 
that this happened. And you've done that. And now we need to go protect those. So I took pictures of what he, he did, his three-page business plan, and I texted them to our IP lawyer, Chris Passarelli in, in Napa. And he said, what are you doing? What did you send me? And I said, well, I want you to do a full trademark, copyright, patent search on all these items. And then he called me and I walked him through it. And he's like, okay. And a couple of days later, he called me and he goes, you're never going to believe this. I said, what? And he goes, we can protect all of this stuff. And he goes, not even that. That's great. But we feel there is a high probability that Carter can get a utility patent on his design because nothing like it exists. I said, you gotta be kidding me. How long have they been making shoes? <laughs> That's impossible. And he, he's like, it's not impossible. Like we, like we feel that the likelihood is, it's probably gonna happen. And so I told Crystal and I said, honey, even if this doesn't go anywhere, I don't know if he can actually create a product that people would want to wear and buy and all that stuff. But man, what an opportunity to show real entrepreneurship. Like how do you create something from nothing? Yeah. Because it's hard to read about it and to study and all of that, but to bring something to life is, it's a, it's a practical down home, hard working situation. Well, you know, and in, in, I interviewed a neuroscientologist and she told me that we have something where between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day, like even consciously, subconsciously, right? And so the ability to take action is what separates ideas to entrepreneurs. Yeah. Everyone has ideas, right? Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I think that showing, like we kind of talk about cotton taught, right? You could tell them, oh, well, this is what you could go do. Or you say, hey, watch what I do. I just took some action and put it on a plate and see where it goes and see and chase the thing. And that's so awesome, man. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, no. so, so when you guys, so you guys go down this path, right? And you've got this IP, you've got this trademark, you've got a word now, which is cool. It's so cool because you got his own word. Uh, so, uh, and then, so you're talking to him about doing a utility patent. Like, so where have you gone with it? So that was, I mean, part of the reason it's taken three years um, is because we don't know anything about manufacturing shoes, right? So this was <laughs> knowing, knowing all of his ideas were protected. Yeah. And can I ask knowing, you something real quick about that? I'm sorry. What, yeah. what, why do you have an IP lawyer? Like, how did you have an IP lawyer to call from the islands? Do you, is it from the wine or what oh, is it? Yeah. 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 Is and, that what it is? Yeah. The, yeah, it's just you said it so nonchalantly, and I'm like, I don't have an IP lawyer. What's that? <laughs> so, well, it's just uh, there's. I, I, we, we've already been in a, a. There's some things I can't I I can't talk about, but we've been in some disputes already in wine with people that have stole our marks and have stole our high end wines and tried to make lower end stuff and blast it out there and. Okay. You know, so, but it has to do from the wine side of it so that you can yeah. protect your, 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 yes. your, your wine, uh, and your, yeah. your success rates on those things. That's, I, was, I was just kind of curious if that's where it came from. Cause, uh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so, and, and it's a, I think it's an overlooked, um, 
aspect of, of business and entrepreneurship because you know it it costs money and you can't fully translate it to your bottom line yes you know at, at the moment so I think some people just sort of overlook it but um, it's so important and also I think if you if you are going depending on what sort of business you're in and you want to go sell your your business it could be monumentally important I would say it's an asset um, yeah. at that point, because, uh, again, there's always, there's always knockoff people, right? There's always people who are going to try and, uh, make a quick buck on your brain. And that's kind of where it comes from. And so you've got three years now, uh, and you guys are, what are you doing with crits now? So we surrounded our, him with a bunch of consultants between marketing, advertising, financial advisors, IP lawyer, um, manufacturing consultants, um, all these people. And we had a videographer follow him around for the last two years, three years and documenting this whole thing while he learned all of this stuff. And his brother was right there with him too. Jordan has been with him every step of the way. And, um, you know, we went down to LA, Kim Thomas took Carter around. That's our consultant here in, in the US and, and she tried to bring this idea that he had down on this paper and in his mind to life and she drove him around to different suppliers and he played with the material and kind of in his mind what you're going to put together and then she was the liaison with this factory and they put together his first prototype and it was so bad which was so great right and they put this thing together and he slipped it on and he's running around this factory and he's like this is terrible. Like, yeah, I know, buddy. That's, that's what it takes. And then you whittle it down, you whittle it down. And so it was like, I mean, they were making two or three prototypes by hand a day. Right. And so they, they do it and he'd put it on again and we'd go out to lunch or go do something and they'd make two more. And, you know, so we did that for a, a whole week. And by the end, he had this, this shoe. I went, oh my God, that's incredible. And then we went out to try to price it out every factory that we could find between LA and New York, nobody would do it for less than a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars. And so here we are a year into crits. So he's learned all the intellectual property. He's, he's learning marketing. He built a website with the, with the web developer and launched that. And, you know, he's learning all these things and, um, it's over because we're like, we're not making a $200 shoe or a $150 shoe. Like that's not what we're doing. And so he was super bummed. Yeah. I said, I said, buddy, that sometimes happens. You know, you're, you run into something, you're going down a path and we, we tried to work it out. You tried to work out his design, but you just, you couldn't, it's, it's cement construction. So it's pieced together. It's not like a mold that you put into a, into a machine and out pops your, your product. It's a, it, it takes time and people to, to do it. And so it couldn't get it done. So it was done. And about a month later, my dad in Oregon, he has a nonprofit called breaking cycles and he's out to lunch with a woman who wanted to help him um, raise some money. And 
her name was yeah is Yachin. and so they're having lunch talking about it and my dad brings up crits and she says oh how's how's it going well it's they can't they can't have the shoe manufactured for less than a hundred dollars she's like well bert you know i grew up in china and my family owns factories shoe factories in china she's like really she goes do you think your grandson would let me have his last i'm going over there in two weeks and i'll see if they can produce a sample of his shoe it, they're pretty high quality factories and so my dad calls me and says do you want to do this and i said carter do you want to you want to do this he goes yes i said okay so we sent the last up to um i don't know if you know what a last is but it's how all shoes are are made and constructed in cement construction so it's like a mold of a foot the hard heavy plastic thing and then they um you know wrap the material around it oh so really his, his last is essentially a mold of his foot <laughs> so he sends it up there she flies over there and they call us maybe three weeks later and says can we get on a zoom call we're like sure and so we get on a zoom call and they show us the sample and we're like whoa man that looks amazing it's like yeah if you get over here we'll uh we'll walk you through the whole factory and the whole thing and so we have a three weeks over christmas break and so in 2018 we flew over to china with the whole family and um yachin put us in connection with our kim thomas is our manufacturing consultant here in the u.s and Lynn is sort of our Kim in, uh, in China. And she's such a sweetheart. She has two little kids and they're, she's just been, she's kind of part of our family now. And um, she just takes care of us whenever we're in, in China. And um, she's, she knows manufacturing and shoes and went to school with, uh, with Yachin. And um, we took the time and went to Hong Kong and kind of made it a, a trip to experience stuff. But he went to the factory and worked with all the suppliers. He's met with everybody from the box manufacturer to the tissues to the every supplier and component and, um, you know, worked in the factory. You know, he's there 12, 13, 14 hours a day, you know, and he's he was nine at the time and crazy, just super crazy. And he made this this shoe. We were like, oh, my God. And then we get home and the factory is sold. They sold the factory <laughs> and they call us and they say the new, the manager called us and said the new owners don't want to start any new brands. We went, what? <laughs> and Lynn, what, and, what a roller coaster. And Lynn's, and so I looked at Carter and I said, what do you want to do, Crit? He's like, let's talk to Lynn. I said, okay. So we get on the phone with Lynn and Lynn says, we're so, the design is set. The materials are set. Everything is, is set. We just need to find the factory that can put it together. And, and I, and I know, I know several we're like, okay. So we kind of put our faith in, in her because of the relationship with Yachin and my dad. And, um, uh, it's been awesome almost two years with our new factory. It's called Dragon. Carter flew back over there and, and spent a bunch of time with them. He, he has uh, 
monthly, if not bi-monthly calls with the, with the factory. And uh, they, they love him and adore him for, I think just the simplicity that kids sometimes bring to things that adults can muddy the waters a little bit. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't mince words about what he wants. You know, he'll say the shoe. I mean, I've got some of the <laughs> examples of the shoe right here and he'll say it's not squishy enough. It's not squishy enough. And you'll see everybody go, Oh yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and they go back and work on it and, yeah, and then more they'll, squishy. <laughs> and they'll, they'll go offline later and, and come back to, to me and say, Hey, just so you know, we've gotten four page dissertations from designers just on squishy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And Carter's like, not squishy enough or not bright enough or, you know, that, that corner isn't clear enough or, you know, it's so direct and simple. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's been really, really incredible. So we had this, he had this product and then we started, then it's the testing phase, right? Like, okay, now you have this, you got samples. Now let's see what people think of it. It's like, now buddy, this is sort of where we call the rubber hits the road. You start throwing it out there and see what kids think and other people think. And so throwing it out there and the response was really good. Was he nervous, excited, all the above? Uh, was he, was there a fear of the, nobody's going to like these? Was there just absolute, everyone's going to love them? What was the emotional side no, of that? He has no fear. That's and I, awesome. But I, I think what really um, has, there was a, a teacher, um, Mrs. Shu. And that's ironic not one of his teachers but <laughs> one, of, one of a teacher and a teacher in napa whose son Braden, plays lacrosse with carter and of course carter's a talker so he's telling him about his shoes and so it starts to come out and our our local paper got a hold of it and so he was on the front page of the of the napa register and so everybody's starting to hear about it and mrs Shu contacted me and said you know what this story is so amazing do you think Carter would be able to come and present to my class and just tell his story about what he's gone through over the last year and a half? And so I asked him and he goes, yeah, that sounds like fun. I said, well, you need to put a presentation together. Maybe you and your brother. So Miss Shu invited him to, to the class and at the school, it sort of got around to the whole school. Next thing you know, the principal invited every student 280 some students into the auditorium to listen to carter's presentation on his shoes so he he gets up there and we do this meditation sort of breathing before and we play music and and he gets up there and he's in front of 280 kids fifth graders and fourth graders and third graders and second graders and you know it's all and he just like knocks this thing out and with just confidence. And then he's like, he's taking questions from the audience and he's like moving it around the room. <laughs> That's so awesome. I just was totally blown away. You must have been beaming. And, and it was, <laughs> I think just in that moment, he had this, um, it was just this confidence that I, I know what I'm doing. And then he had all his samples there and all the kids got to come up one at a time through a line and 
touch and feel of samples and then, oh my God, so cool. And they had conversations. And I think from that moment, he just sort of realized, and he had some parents that were there and some of the parents came up to him and said, you know, I don't think I listen to my kids enough. Mm. I'm maybe I should start doing that. And so I, that was just a really powerful moment for him. And I think he's taken that and kind of run with it. I love that. See, I, I wrote a uh, business plan template writer for parents to sit down with their kids. It's very simple. It's very kid centric type of deal. And one of my biggest advice points on it is not to tell your kid that they have a bad idea. Like regardless of whether you think it's going to be a successful business or not, that's not what you're teaching them. You're teaching them the framework, right? If you have, if you have an idea, this is what you have to think about to get it to fruition. And you need to cover all sides because that's what I see with most adult business owners that there isn't a business plan or they don't revisit the business plan. It's usually you pick one of the six facets of business or two or three that you really like. And the other ones you're like, I'll figure those out, you know? And it's like, you know, if you're going to be in operations and you like finance, but maybe you hate sales, you don't like talking to people, you know, but you still have to have a plan for those pieces of how you're going to handle it because you have to sell, you have to market, you have to operate, you have to, you know, customer service, you have to do all those things. And I think that's an awesome thing that like, I mean, it's amazing that it worked out, right? And first of all, it's gone to where it's gone. But the fact that the journey to me and the, yeah, we can do this, that you put behind his idea is what the lasting piece of it will always be, right? Yeah. And maybe maybe Critch turns into this massive shoe brand and he's wildly successful. If he never sold one, what you've done already is just, I mean incredible so we he threw he throws it out there on a kickstarter just see what would happen funded in 45 minutes he raises almost fifty thousand dollars <laughs> we sold he sold two thousand pairs of these things and then i'm on i'm on linkedin and um i come across a vp from nordstrom so he talks to her about a year ago and she's so impressed with him she says Carter, do you think you could talk to my buying team and my merchandiser? And I looked at him and I go, dude, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so a few, a few months later, he talks to, to Brian and Brian immediately gets on and starts interviewing Carter. Oh, so what are your materials? What's this all about? What, what's your factory? How many can you produce? What is, what's Yeah, because he's probably sitting there going, oh, I have to go talk to a 10-year-old, right? Like, and he's like, I'm just going to hammer him, right? And then not knowing. <laughs> yeah. The kid, kid knows his, his stuff. So it's like, wow. So he was pretty impressed. Uh, COVID hits. We don't hear from him for like three, three March, April, May, June. So four months. And in July, Brian reached, reaches back out to Carter, emails him and says, Hey buddy, sorry. I, uh, you know, we've had some restructuring reorganization. I'm now over, you know, men's over here. There's a new, um, new buyer and merchandiser, Anna and Mallory, just wanted to hook you up with, with them and take it from here. And like, okay. And Anna and Mallory were like, could you send us samples? And I was like, yeah. So we sent them up samples and they, uh, we get on a call with them and um, they invite them to sell at Nordstrom. And I'm like, buddy, this is just not how it works. <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. Like, this is not how it works. So he is currently going through the onboarding process and is going to be launching on Nordstrom.com. And Anna said to Carter, if we weren't in COVID, I would have you on a tour of the stores and have you talking to customers. Um, so we'll hopefully we'll get we'll get to that. And she said, and I quote, because I asked her, said, could we use your what you told Carter in quotations and quote you in and she said, absolutely. So her exact words were, this is the, your, your product is extremely innovative, incredibly unique, and one of the most fascinating products I have seen in years. Our customers are going to love them. And I looked at, you should have seen his eyes, you know, and it was just a really, really cool moment. Yeah. And so I don't know where it's going. We're going to see all those Kickstarter pairs are about to arrive in about three weeks. And then you're going to have 2000 people walking around with crits. And then you're going to have them on Nordstrom. And he actually has a call tomorrow with Nordstrom to go over the marketing plan. That's so awesome, man. Well done, mom and dad. That is, that is fantastic that you guys went down the rabbit hole with them and that it's, it's just what, what an awesome journey, uh, to do together, you know, like that whole, and I, and I love the fact that he had, it it wasn't, uh, I I love the fact that it it wasn't a straight line, right? Because that's such a lesson and that perseverance, right? That, and I think we kind of talked about that originally when we were talking, it was like, yeah. that's the thing that I, when I talked, I've done a hundred interviews with high level achiever entrepreneurs and it's never a straight line. Mm-hmm. I only, you know, I had one guy uh, who was in the startup field and he actually, he actually developed everything that turned into Carvana. Right. And they bought him out and oh, he was wow. like, yeah, it was 10 years. And he was like, because everyone said it was an overnight success. It takes 10 years to be an overnight success. And I was like, I was like, that's pretty awesome. I was like, that's the way it goes. You know, it's like up, down, up, down, don't left, right. Like you never know where things are going to come from. And you always don't burn bridges and you kind of, you keep pushing through and do those things. And I mean, just what a, what an amazing story. Um, and so I guess when this comes out, you guys will probably be on Nordstrom so people can go there to buy crits. Yeah, they can. In fact, right now, it'll be a couple, site, about two months from now. So it'll be, that'll be pretty yeah. amazing. On, on his site right now, crits.com, we have the kids' shoes and the women's shoes actually up there right now. And because we have some inventory coming. And so if people wanted to go on and buy them right now, they'll, they'll ship in November. In a, oh, that's in so week. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Pretty, so that's crits.com, right? C R I T T S.com. And that's awesome. his nickname, by the way. His brother gave him his nickname. It's because uh, you're bugging me like a critter. <laughs> really? And he's yeah. turned into crits. <laughs> and then he turned it into crit. And his, his brother originally thought he was, you know, giving him a dig. And it turns out that that's his yeah. nickname and everybody loved it. And now it's his company. Now, name. And now it's IP. <laughs> right? So that's so awesome, man. Well, listen, Ryan, thank you so much for telling that story and sharing it with me. I I, I think it's just... I can't tell you how fascinating and how much, I mean, people can't see me on the podcast, but I've just been sitting here like smiling the whole time listening to you. Cause I'm just thinking about what a, what a, an amazing, not just where you ended up. I'm telling you, it's the journey part that I listen to you guys tell these stories. Like, no, we went, we, he had an idea and we jumped on it and I didn't tell him it was a dumb idea. Like nobody wears flip flops and half Crocs, you know, like it's so easy to do. 
and to say, you know what? We'll go draw it out, right? Kind of just like a, I need my quiet time. Go draw this out. We'll see what you do. And he took it and did it. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, what's the next step? You know, and it's like, well, I already started down the pathway. I'm going with you, man. So that's really, really cool. Um, where do people find out more about what you do, um, you know, with your winery? And, and, and I know we've got crits.com for Carter's Shoes. Uh, what about where, um, where, where they find out more about you? Yeah, we're at Wa Family Wines, uh, W-A-U-G-H, Family Wines. And um, you can Google that. That's our wafamilywines.com. Um, we're in, we're located in Napa, but we grow grapes all over Napa and, and Sonoma. And, um, you know, our, our industry right now, little Napa and Sonoma have been pretty decimated, uh, this year. So, um, I tell anybody if they want to help just, uh, you know, drink, drink more wine. Uh, have a, have, have, we will have, do have our glass. part in my household for you, yeah. sir. <laughs> Good, good. Uh, have, have a glass of wine with dinner. It, it helps bring people together and uh, also helps elevate uh, the, the food experience too. So Awesome. Well, thank you, man, so much for coming on and sharing that story with Money Talkers. Uh, I want to catch you up here for the uh, High Impact Series. And I just want to say again, thanks for coming on. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram, at the Money Talkers, for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kids financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker